From Creation Ministries International, you're listening to Creation.com's article podcast. The research and insights that give God the glory, refutes evolution, and gives you the answers to defend your faith. I'm Joseph Darnell. Christian comedian Tim Hawkins discusses a skit where he describes his mom spanking him for something he didn't do. Wondering why she doesn't seem remorseful after discovering he wasn't at fault, she says, That's for something you'll do later. He quips, You mean I have a spank account? (laughs) Although many parents may relate to this amusing situation, This form of punishment is what some long-age compromisers have suggested as an answer to the powerful no-death-before-sin argument that biblical creationists have used for years. Since all compromise positions regarding genesis, such as gap theory, progressive creation, theistic evolution, and the like, require a time frame of millions of years, long-agers have to believe that the fossil record, a record of death, suffering, and disease, must have occurred before Adam sinned. Almost no one argues for millions of years after Adam because of the chronogenealogies listed in Genesis. In the standard deep time view, Mankind came near the end of this time, so hundreds of millions of years of death occurred before people supposedly appeared. However, this view that death came before people makes it impossible to take verses like Romans 5.12 as plainly written, because death, even human death, preceded the biblical date of creation of the first man and his sin by millions of years. Romans 5.12 reads, As through one man sin entered into the world, and death through sin. Furthermore, as humans were the appointed rulers of creation in Genesis 1 verse 28, the fall affected all those under mankind's dominion. Thus the whole creation is groaning because God subjected it to futility, as Roman 8 shows. One consequence is that the original vegetarian diet of all animals, taught in verses like Genesis 1 29 through 30, was changed. It reads, To everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. Obviously, if all creatures were only eating plants before the creation was cursed, then biblically, fossils showing carnivorous activity, including tooth marks on bone and fossil feces containing bones of other creatures, must have occurred after the fall of man. The great flood recorded in Genesis chapters 6 through 9 makes sense of the evidence. Exodus 20:11 says, In six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is. This dispels the long-age paradigm conclusively, but since long-agers typically defer to science over scripture, compromisers have attempted a variety of theological gymnastics over the years to overcome the obvious problems the millions-of-years paradigm creates. To counteract what many long-agers have admitted is the clearest, plain, and obvious understanding of the Genesis text, a new concept developed by Christian philosophy professor and intelligent design leader Bill Dembski proposes that God spanked mankind by cursing the cosmos before Adam sinned. He did this because he knew the fall would happen, and so extended the effects of the curse backwards before it actually occurred. In effect, man arrives on the scene pre-punished for what he would do later. 
In his book, The End of Christianity, Dembski argues that mankind's fall into sin not only marred the creation after Adam, but also retroactively. He admits that the clearest exegesis supports the young age position, but explicitly says that he rejects it because of science. The rationale behind this stems from the concept that Jesus' sacrifice on the cross was retroactive. Acts 4.12 clearly states, speaking of Jesus, that there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So there was no different way of being saved in the Old Testament. Salvation has always come by grace through faith in the one true God, on the basis of Christ's atoning death and bodily resurrection. The argument is then that if God saved people retroactively before the event of Jesus' crucifixion to pay for sin, in effect saving people before the cause of salvation occurred, perhaps God could have cursed the world prior to Adam sinning, causing bad things to be in effect before the cause of bad things happened. But is this concept justified? We'll look at that right after the break. Most Christians don't understand why they shouldn't just accept that millions of years is fact, since most secular scientists tell them that this is true. And respected members of the church community like astronomer Dr. Hugh Ross tell people to compromise what the book of Genesis tells us happened because, supposedly, adding evolutionary processes and millions of years to Genesis 1 and 2 is a good compromise that upholds the Bible. However, with his usual brilliant clarity, Dr. Jonathan Sarfati, author of the best-selling The Genesis Account, has produced a comprehensive and resounding refutation of the position of progressive creationist Dr. Hugh Ross, whose views are causing massive confusion about science and the Bible. This book is the most powerful theological and scientific defense of the straightforward view of Genesis creation ever written. Reader Tim Chaffee said, Throughout the book, Dr. Sarfati is very gracious toward Dr. Ross while effectively critiquing Ross' work. This is one of the best books I have ever read, 10 out of 10. And Jordan Professor of Systematic Theology in Charlotte, North Carolina, Douglas F. Kelly said, Dr. Sarfati's valor for truth shines brightly as, with crystal clarity, he works through the often convoluted arguments of those opposed to a plain reading of Genesis in both the scriptural and scientific arenas. If you want to understand how adopting millions of years to align with progressive creationism leads you further away from the truth, then you'll want to read Refuting Compromise. Available right now at creation.com store. According to Merriam-Webster's Dictionary of Law, retroactive means extending in scope or effect to a prior time or to conditions that existed or originated in the past. Most people are familiar with the concept of a retroactive pay increase. It means you were given a lump sum payment calculated on the difference between your former and current pay extending back to a certain point in time, in addition to the pay increase from now on. In effect, it is a method of choosing how much of a bonus a person will get and does not actually change the rate of pay you received before you got your pay raise. Note that it is an effect of a decision made by someone after the time the bonus is based upon has passed, or after the fact. And, regrettably, we are aware of immoral governments imposing retroactive, or ex post facto, laws. 
They are expressly verboten by the constitutions of many free countries, since they punished people for committing acts that violated a future law that they had no way of knowing at the time. God doesn't do that. Hence, Cain and Abraham did not sin when they married sisters that were also their half-sisters, despite the Levitical prohibition God imposed many years later. A quick look at the related scriptures, something millions of years proponents sometimes appear to neglect, reveals several passages in the Bible that actually show that God acted in the completely opposite way. The Bible speaks of God's work of salvation being done from before the beginning of creation, not afterwards. For example, Hebrews 4.3, in discussing salvation rest, it says, His works were finished from the foundation of the world. As Matthew 25.34 reminds us, at the eternal judgment, those who are saved will inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Why? Because he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. Ephesians 1.4 This is forward-looking, not retroactively backward-looking. So to me, I was saved at 27 years of age, but Jesus saved me before the foundation of the world according to God's word. The things God will do in the future from our perspective, he has already done. We are in time that God created, but the Lord is not, as he is in eternity and is the creator of time. I am not one whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who was slain. Revelation 13.8 My name was in the Lamb's book of life from before the foundation of the world. So, according to God's word, salvation occurred from the beginning and extended into the future, not retroactively into the past. Why then did Jesus have to be born, die, and rise again at a specific time in history? What then was the significance of that event? Perhaps a look into the relationship of God's church to himself will help explain. God's word often talks about the bride of Christ, his chosen people in relationship to him in a metaphorical sense in the framework of marriage. In context, Jewish marriages were often arranged and betrothal was considered being lawfully married already. This is why in Matthew 1.19 we read, Because Joseph her husband was faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Joseph was going to show Mary a great act of mercy by divorcing her, even though he thought she had been unfaithful, did not wish her stoned as an adulteress. The betrothed weren't permitted to have sex, the most intimate and personal aspect of the relationship before the ceremony, but were otherwise committed to each other completely. That physical act was the consummation of a promise as the two became one flesh. In the same way, the church, the bride of Christ, was betrothed before the foundations of the world. The physical ceremony, if you will, that consummated this was the events of Jesus' death and resurrection, which will be followed by the wedding feast, the marriage supper of the Lamb referred to in Revelation 19.9. Because of what God has done and is doing and will do, Christians now experience a close relationship with God and have the constant indwelling of the Holy Spirit. 
It is true that Jesus came once to put away sin. However, this was the fulfillment of a contract already in place. It's not like people weren't saved before and then became saved after Jesus came. So the concept of a retroactive fall and event extending punishments backward is unbiblical and is totally different from the preordained salvation explained in Scripture. Like all compromise opinions, it is simply an attempt from the minds of men to blend men's illusory deep time into the Bible. The Creation.com article podcast is hosted by me, Joseph Darnell, and produced out of the U.S. studio of Creation Ministries International. Learn more about our ministry at creation.com. This episode's article was written by Calvin Smith. Our speakers are teaching in churches once again. Get in touch if you want to arrange to have one of our expert creationist speakers visit your church. Our writers and scientists host a really cool talk show called Creation.com Talk, which you can find right here in your podcast app or on our YouTube channel. If you'd like to help us, become a monthly supporter making a donation at creation.com donate. You can also help out by telling your friends to check out Creation Magazine. Be sure to follow Creation Ministries International on Facebook and Instagram, and subscribe to our free e-newsletter. From everyone at creation.com, thanks for listening.